What's up, Georgia football fans? We're listening to episode 371 of the Wade Since Last Saturday podcast. My name is Scott Duvall, and on this post-game episode of the Dogs' 38-10 victory over the Volunteers, my two co-hosts, Will Leach and Tony Waller, share their thoughts and observations of the game. But before we begin, I'd like to thank our podcast sponsor, The Strickland Firm. You can find them at thestricklandfirm.com. And UGA Law grad Ryan Strickland is there. If you get hurt and need representation, he's there for you. You can call 844-GA-JUSTICE or go to thestricklandfirm.com. So thank you, Ryan, for this season's podcast sponsor. And here's Will to get the podcast started. I am Will Leach here as always with the great Tony Waller after a, um, well, a rather dominating victory, 38-10. to 10, uh, Georgia stomps on UT Knoxville. Not quite as much as they stomped on UT Martin, but close enough that I think we can call it essentially uh, the same game. And frankly, take away uh, that first play from scrimmage for Tennessee, and it was, for, for UT Knoxville, excuse me, it w- essentially was the same thing that it was for UT Martin. Um, this was the first game in a while that we've all been able to sit and watch at home. I had uh, uh, 12, uh, 12 year olds at my house for a birthday party watching the game. They were occasionally watching the game, mostly uh, hitting each other with stuff. But uh, I saw the whole thing. Goodness gracious, Tony. Uh, I, uh, I think uh, I think this team may be uh, playing uh, its best at the exact right time. Like you know, we, you, and I, and Scott, and many others spent a decent number of minutes talking about. Yeah, this team looks good, not great. You know, five, six, seven, eight weeks ago, and now we're in we're in a totally different place where we're looking at a team that. Uh, for the first time this season, went on the road in the SEC, going to UT Knoxville, and really put it on a team. I think everything you need to know, you reflected when you talked there, you know, the, Tennessee, after one play, had 75 yards of total offense. Uh, their next 54 plays, they netted 202 yards of total offense. Um, when, you know, Kirby talked about it at halftime. He's like, yeah, we just had a bad run fit there. We got we to do better at that. But Everything else they did after that was just absolute cherry. I mean, it was. So I, I can't I can't take credit for this, but I was had a, a very similar thought in front of the pod. JT Johnson texted me. He's like, he's like, okay, they had their moment. This is 2006 uh, Ohio State Florida national championship game, and I'll be dog if he wasn't right. Hmm. Right? You no, know, they didn't really gain any more yards on their next drive. It took them, I guess five drives before they got to 75 total yards of offense after that first play. Uh, and by then the ball game was well out of hand. I mean, it was um, at that point, it was what 28, uh, 10 uh, or, or something along those lines. So, or, uh, or 24, 10. And that was, uh, that was all she wrote. Uh, and you, I have to give a couple of plaudits here. Um, that was as good of coaching job. Uh, and I, I thought Mike Bobo, called an even better game earlier uh, in in the season, but this might be the best coaching job Mike Bobo's had. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's, it's scary. It's scary to the point of um, I am, I'm starting to think, okay, well, the, the three P has gone from a possibility to a likelihood in my mind. He was certainly, Bobo was certainly on a heater yesterday. There's no question. But then yeah. listen, we saw that from, we saw that from Munkin last year, right? And frankly, you know, I think one of the things that was funny was 
for people that were like questioning Bobo early in the year, a lot of times you would say, well, you know, I feel obliged to remind everybody that when he was the offensive coordinator at Georgia, their offense was really good. <laughs> I don't know why people think there's some sort of bad thing going, but this is better than that. This is but this is not only Georgia having better talent, this feels like Bobo being better. Not that he was even bad before, but like he was, you know, is very uh you know, uh, uh, everything he was doing was working. It felt like a like the 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 hangover Zach Galifianakis thing of all the numbers and uh, uh, running through his head. It was he was nailing it. You know, everything he called worked. And but I would say though that like I don't want to get too ahead of myself on the defense because this is not what Tennessee's offense was last year. It's a different offense, a different different sort of thing. But I mean, that's still an SEC team that you know has scored off other teams this year, and has and is is I would say is an average to slightly above average SEC team. They're going to play in a halfway decent ball game, and they looked. We've said this a couple of times, but you know they they made them look like Kent State. They made them look like Ball State. That's really what you're seeing now is um, is them making good teams look like they're nothing. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's right. And if you want to, I mean, look, Georgia certainly has it within their capability to play down uh, to an opponent or play not their great game, not a great game. Um, we saw that multiple times. And as I'm sure we'll talk about this week, uh, we may have one game left where um, where you can get away with playing. You're not you're not your great game or not your good game and, and still win. Uh, but the way Georgia is playing football right now, it's going to be, I, I will be, it will be hard pressed um, because we had this debate last night with, with those of us at the house here watching the game. It, Georgia's, it's going to be hard pressed with the way Georgia's played, especially the past two weeks with against, um, you know, essentially or last three weeks, essentially against three teams that are likely to be ranked. We certainly know Mississippi and Missouri will be possible. Tennessee will still be ranked. Although it's, 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 it's a little hard to think they will be, uh, but you know, the, the kind of the, the gutty win against um, a, a Missouri team that we think is better. Although they didn't do great last night against Florida, although they won, they still won. And then you turn around and, and just wipe out Mississippi and Tennessee back to back weeds. Um, you, you have to think that is within the mind of, uh, of voters in the college football playoff. Now, again, you still wind up with four undefeated, are um, you know three undefeated conference champions in an Alabama team whose only loss is to another conference champion. You you may well end up with Georgia not in the playoffs, but it's uh that the last night's game went a, a decent way in making me a little less worried that the SEC championship game is a is a quarterfinal. I'm not. I mean, we'll we'll have that debate yeah. uh, in our SEC championship preview. But dude, the game we saw out of the t- that team that played yesterday in Knoxville was just a great football team hitting on all of the cylinders and taking care of a good football team in a way that great football team should. You know, I'm, I will confess, I am still worried about them. If they lose these, uh, I don't think anything that happened yesterday helped them uh, in that regard. Uh, but I will say this, and this is, this might be worthy of a longer conversation on our preview show, but I find myself thinking now, like most of this year, 
we've spent going, okay, listen, it's not as good as some of the of the last couple of years teams. Doesn't mean they can't still win a title. Doesn't mean that won't still happen. Doesn't mean we don't think it can happen. We'll be super excited. They're just not, they're, they seem like a little step below. Now you're kind of in, in this interesting spot where if somehow, if something weird happens in the Alabama game, or if just a, you know, Alabama, a really good team uh, finds a way to beat them. I feel like the way they're playing now, it won't feel like, a, oh, well, you know, they didn't make the playoff. Uh, they probably didn't deserve it. Now it'll feel like, oh, man, we don't won that playoff. <laughs> and I and I feel like I feel like that's an interesting shift that you've seen this year is now it feels like the stakes in that Alabama game have gone back to 2012. Where the idea that if you win that game. Uh, I don't know who's going to beat them. Or if something weird happens in that game and you miss the opportunity, which I got to say, I still think is a very real possibility um, that not that they'll lose. I, I think it's more like, I think Georgia's going to win the game, but if they lose that game, I still think it's more likely than not that they don't make the playoff, uh, which is remarkable. And I think now it feels like a loss. It will feel more like a loss that, and, a, and a, oh, we had it right there. Then you know what? This team just, just wasn't quite, there, which is probably what, what we would have said for the first half or even first two thirds of this year. Yeah, and that's exactly right. I think we are a situation where the 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 narrative or the emotional mind, the emotional mindset of the fans and maybe even the national media now of this team has gone from wow, that was that was really cool, the historic run we saw, but we can see why Georgia just didn't win it to okay, all right, we, you've shown you've shown you have it. Now go show you you can do it. And that is, I think that's exactly right. So, so I think that, you know, I think that that is, uh, that's a good way to kind of like, to, I think, transition into what comes next, right? So I don't know if there's anything, the vibe, I will say this, I will say this. Um, I love making fun of uh, UT Knoxville. I love mocking all of it. I will hear no Dolly Parton slander. And I saw no. a little Dolly Parton slander. And I know she's saying Rocky Top and I get it. But like at a certain level that like, even if Martin Scorsese um, uh, directs a toilet bowl commercial, it's still gonna like it's Martin Scorsese. It's going to be, be it's going to be great, even if what he is actually showcasing is the toilet bowl cleaner. Uh, I feel like uh, Dolly Parton sings, even if they didn't have the audio right for for crying out loud. Uh, I just won't hear any Dolly Parton Dolly Parton slander. I just won't. Yeah, no, no. It was it was the best rendition of Rocky Top uh, that that I've heard and. Um, I've heard a lot of Rocky Top over the days, and, and maybe maybe this is the. I agree with you about Dolly Parton slander. Uh, it was nice how little Rocky Top we heard. Yes, yesterday. yes, yes. If you're gonna hear only one version, hear that one. <laughs> and, Absolutely, and then, and then no more. Um, all right, well, let's uh, do a shout out to our sponsor before we kick into the second half here. Well, yeah, we do appreciate Ryan Strickland at the Strickland Firm over in Marietta for uh, being a seasonal sponsor of the since last Saturday podcast. Ryan uh, has been an attorney for 20 years, University of Georgia law graduate. He's built a structure on getting results and helping individuals get the compensation they deserve after they've been injured. Well, if you need to find Ryan, you can go to the strictlandfirm.com or call 844-GA-JUSTICE. We appreciate Ryan's, Ryan and Ryan Strickland and the Strickland Firm's sponsorship of the Wait and Says Last Saturday podcast this season. Uh, and uh, for what it's worth, uh, you know, I think it's uh, we now got a couple of weeks where it's going to be converging on Atlanta. So I think uh, I think uh, I want to see some people out there uh, and maybe we'll see uh, him or some of our other uh, folks around here. Um, speaking of Georgia Tech, bowl eligible. 
Good job. Yeah, they for got the Rambling win. Wreck. They got the win. Uh, I, I don't know if I don't know if ABC um, counted on that. There a little bit of narrative there about the possibility of Georgia Tech uh, upsetting the number one team and uh, beating Georgia for the, uh, being the first team to beat them in twenty nine games. Or or being bowl eligible, uh, but uh, good good for them. It looks like also they'll get Dino Babers fired, be the next shoe to drop in the in the great circle of um, the great circle of buying Jimmy Sexton more island. So of all the things, again, I, I mentioned that all the upsets you would want to happen, uh, none of them happened. Uh, Washington was kind of close, but that game was so gross and weird. Uh, Michigan didn't play that well, but really the news. It's Florida State, and uh, you know the 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 injury there really as uh, the quarterback really feels. Listen, <clears throat> I still feel if they beat Florida, and if they beat um, Louisville in the AC championship game, they will go to the playoff. And frankly, they will deserve to go to the playoff. I I I know it's the last year of the playoff, but uh, the fourteen playoff. But the idea of a Power Five team going undefeated. And not going to the playoff, I think, is hard for a lot of people to stomach. Um, and it's not like they, they, I think they're explicit about saying it's not like the NCAA tournament. In NCAA tournament, famously, uh, Cincinnati, uh, when uh, Kenyon Martin got hurt right before they dropped them down to like a three seed, even though they were, I think they lost one game all year. I don't think college football player, their playoffs are going to do that. I think they're gauging on who they, what they've done so far. And if Florida State wins those last two games, um, they're in. I think we'd all, however, I think we'd all kind of assumed that they wouldn't have any trouble in those last two games. And I think you can think that there may be some real trouble for them. And that could potentially open up a spot. My number one, but right now, it's, I still think if Georgia loses to Alabama, they're not making the playoff. Uh, Florida State losing one of these next two games, which is certainly more possible now than it was before, uh, would probably change my mindset on it. Yeah, I think that, I think you're absolutely right about that. I mean, there was some excitement. Yesterday through the day, of course, um, Illinois gave Iowa all they could handle, which is uh, was not surprising. But they should have won. According to Connolly's numbers, that uh, uh, Illinois was like sixty two percent to win that game. Yeah, I haven't yeah. seen. I haven't looked at the post game. Frustrating, right? frustrating yeah. loss, frustrating loss. Because uh, Illinois is still not bowl eligible, though Northwestern is. Yeah, I know. I know. Um, you know, oh, good way. They, play, they they should have won that game. Yes. Washington struggled against a, a very good Oregon State team. Oregon State still has to play Oregon uh, next week. And then uh, it looks like I'm, I'm still not certain what the tiebreakers are in the Pac-12. But I I, 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 I can tell you that it is Washington's in. If Oregon wins, they're in. And if Oregon loses and Arizona wins, Arizona's in. Okay. I, I wasn't sure how the tiebreakers broke out because I knew Oregon and and uh, Arizona had not played, so um, the and then you, you throw in FSU, which now with Jordan Travis, uh, I don't know if you you saw a replay of that, but I encourage you to not go look at it. Um, you know, it's uh, this obviously. Uh, I mean, which you you also have to live in the world. We also have to live in the world where um, Michigan and Ohio State, the loser of that game, may have a presumptive inline inside track to being a one loss not conversation champion getting into the playoffs as well. Maybe, maybe. Um, maybe. I, I don't I don't necessarily I don't necessarily buy that either. Um but you know that that still is a that's still is the thing that has to play out. And of course we'll have a lot of time to talk about that after the Georgia Tech game. Um but I, I, I do agree with you. I think you know this is as someone who has come around on the playoff and I'm I'm speaking to myself here. Um 
there is a couple of elements. This is the script writers could not have gotten it better for the people who have been like, we need to go, we need more than four teams. We need more than four teams because there have been years where right now the biggest discussion would have been, okay, so, you know, is, is Georgia or Alabama going to be a one seed or a three seed or who sneaks in if an undefeated or one loss Texas doesn't win the pack the big 12. Um, and so there, there's some interesting narrative about the season. Uh, and of course the cool part about this to me is with Georgia playing their best football, it puts Georgia in a situation where um, it puts Kirby in a situation where he has some things to, to say, we have to continue to do our thing and not worry about all this stuff because we can't control what other teams can do. We can only control our preparation. And he has got that team believing. I absolutely believe it. I don't know if you saw the post-game interview with Carson and with Dylan Bell. And it's clear that those guys are now finally having fun. And the, the practices are getting harder and more vociferous, uh, which means Kirby is feeling okay about his team right now. And he should. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, Kirby became the first Georgia coach to win four straight road games in Knoxville. Think about that. Uh, that three is, straight 8-0 SEC seasons, that's absurd. Yeah, it's the first time since Georgia in 80-82 mm-hmm. was the team to do that. When that athletic trivia question popped up, I was like, I wonder if, I wonder if it's that Georgia, because I knew Georgia was um, was famously, uh, the I think maybe the last team or the first team to go eight no in SEC since they weren't playing shortly before then they didn't then we played not everyone had to play eight games. Um, but when Georgia when they when they popped that up, I was like maybe when we won the Florida teams, but Georgia can win eight no there three seasons in a row is pretty amazing. Pretty fantastic stuff. So we will be uh, back to preview the Georgia Tech game, the night game against the Bowl eligible. Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets, uh, and yes, and and uh, for the record, I I'd like to uh, for the first time I'd like to step in and make a prediction for the game time of Georgia's next game, uh, four o'clock, four <laughs> o'clock at the SEC championship game. So you think that'll be CBS? So CBS. That that sounds right to me. Yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> Um, but we'll have to wait and see until no, no, it says right here. We've been doing it for a while, of course. Um, all right, uh, Tony, we will be back Monday night to preview Georgia Tech, and so I will save all of my uh, happy Thanksgivings, uh, uh, till then. But otherwise, uh, until then, go dogs, go dogs. And thanks so much for listening. Like Tony and Will said, we are recording on Monday evening for our Georgia versus Georgia Tech preview show. We'll cover the good old-fashioned hate talk. We'll cover uh, what it's going to take for Georgia to set itself up for success, not only this week versus Tech, but then the following week in the SEC Championship game and beyond. So uh, until then, it's just a basically by the time you hear this episode, it's probably just a few hours or it might even just already be in your podcast player. You'll get a back-to-back episode. But uh, thanks so much for listening, and uh, we'll see you on campus sometime soon. And as always, go dogs. Go dogs.